This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Oh, Myron, that call started off very promising <laughs> and ended very terribly. It's Canty and Carlin <laughs> on ESPN Radio. Rob Stats Guerrero, Myron Metcalf filling in. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. It started so good. He made fun of himself. Yeah. He said he was stupid. Something involving lights. And then we just completely went off the rails. Yeah, I mean, we probably should have known when he started talking about lights. You know, like, I didn't know where he was going. I, I thought there would be a fabulous ending. He did something silly. He slipped or something crazy happened. But it was none of that. It really wasn't. I'm not going to lie. I was expecting bodily injury, and I'm a little disappointed that we didn't get it. But nonetheless, uh, yeah. it is Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. We're going to tell you the thing that the Philadelphia 76ers have to worry about beyond James Harden in a minute. But we were just talking about Victor Wembanyama and his summer league debut on Friday. Drew in Virginia has a question for you about Wembanyama. Drew, you're on ESPN Radio. Drew, are you there? Drew. Yes, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Hold on, sorry. Hold on. I'm a little busy, Drew. Can you are you ready to go or not? <laughs> yeah, you you want to call yeah, you back, Drew? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to talk to okay. Myron uh real quick. How you doing, Myron? Yeah. I'm good. How you doing, man? Hey, man. Hey, so uh, did, uh I had a uh a good time in the uh Minneapolis land when the Wahoos won their Natty Champ. Yeah. So, always been a fan. Okay. You were a fan before. But let me hear your take on Appreciate this. It. So, uh, Wimbenyana and Porzingis, I see yeah. some similarities there. Internationally, they played competitively, and it didn't work, you know, that way. I guess initially, hopefully it will for Porzingis. But I haven't heard that comp, and I'm curious as a basketball guy, kind of how you feel about that. Yeah, I, I think there was a lot of similar buzz with Porzingis. I mean, he was a huge deal, big guy. I mean, similar size. Certainly sort of that versatile big man, you know, the new age big man, especially coming out of Europe where they're, they're taught and trained to do everything regardless of your size. So, so I think those things, their similarity, I just think with Victor, no matter who you name, at seven foot four, he just plays in a way that we've never seen. I'll tell you the difference. Big guys, especially in the last decade, and we obviously just watched Jokers win a championship. We credit them with being able to do different things. They can shoot threes now. They can handle the ball. They can play in space. They're not just sort of this back-to-the-basket threat uh, in that traditional format. Porzingis, I mean, I'm sorry, Wimbanyama takes it to a different level because of his guard-like abilities. I've never seen a guy at seven foot four who can come off a screen, spot up, and shoot like a three you know, or like a small forward or a shooting guard. Like, that's what we're talking about. It's it's the way he plays in space. It's not just his ability to do it. It's legitimately, there are going to be stretches where he's a perimeter player, and a team has to make a decision about what you're going to do with a seven-foot-four guy on the perimeter who can not only hit threes, he can handle the ball, he can dish, he can do all these different things. I just think it'll be a different test, man, uh, if he shows all of his skill set with the Spurs. Skills of a guard in the body of a giant human being. I think when he was drafted, they said he was the sixth tallest player ever drafted in the NBA. Yeah. Yet he has the skills of a guard. It's like a it's like a creative player in a video game when you're like, yes. you know what, this might be cool. Let's just make a giant guy, yeah. but we'll give him awesome handles too. Exactly, and I think in a league where Giannis Embiid and Jokic have been the best players, and it, it ain't like LeBron James is James is six two. I mean, this is a big man's league. 
And now you add this guy. I mean, we talked in the break. I mean, the critics are right if they're talking about health concerns, right? It's not a skill thing. There's not going to be a skill gap with him. But I do think you look at a guy that size stats and you go, okay, can he play 82 games? They're not playing 82 games in Europe. Can he deal with the in beads of the world, these big physical players that he's going to have to deal with? And can he stay healthy? So I think those concerns are 100% legit, especially with a guy that size. Well, I have what could be a dumb question because I'm a Thunder fan and I was super pumped because Chet Holmgren returned after being out all last year with the Liz Frank injury. Looked a little rusty at first, but eventually, you know, he got it together. Uh, I think he went 15-9 with four blocks. What is the gap between Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembanyama? Chet's a very, very good player, man. And I, you know, he's a Minnesota guy. I covered him in high school. Saw him a lot at Gonzaga. Um, very skilled player. I mean, Chet can do a lot of amazing things. And I think he's going to be a big addition for Oklahoma City if he can stay healthy. The foot problem's got to scare everybody, right? Victor, again, is a different level. I mean, they played on the world stage in the U19 championships a couple of years ago. Uh, and when Manyama was the MVP uh, of that event, and he certainly had an edge over Chet Holmgren. I mean, you could see Chet Holmgren trying to keep up with a guy who could do all the things that he could do, but maybe at a different level. Um, I think Wimbanyama's fluidity at that size is where you have like some real challenges. NBA teams aren't going to know who to put on him. I think that's going to be very, very difficult. Like the NBA game and why it's so fast, I'll, I won't nerd out long, but like <laughs> the, way, the, way the, the way the NBA game is now and why it's so difficult to, to challenge any NBA team is that back in the day, you could create mismatches, right? Okay, Shaq's coming up on the perimeter. All right, you catch him in a ball screen. He can't move around to cover a perimeter player, right? You found the gaps. There are a few gaps today because everybody can guard everybody. With Wimbanyama, it's not just that he can guard everybody. He can play every position, and I think that's what's going to make him so unique. Yeah, who's blocking his shot, by the way? He's 7'3", or 7'6", whatever the heck it is. His arms are ginormous. He's never probably had a shot blocked in his life. And how are you scoring over him? I mean, what are you you doing to score over a guy that size as well? You know, it's going to be interesting to see, man. And we'll see it again, the debut in the Summer League on Friday night. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Rob Stats Guerrero and Myron Metcalf filling in. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's turn our attention now to Philadelphia because we are all waiting for what is going to happen with James Harden. I think the early opinion was that Harden opted into his contract but that he wants to get traded. He wants out because he's done in Philadelphia for whatever reason because he's gonna James Harden's going to James Harden. Well, now, apparently, Adrian Wojnarowski was on SportsCenter this morning and said maybe Harden could stay in Philadelphia. You have an organization that would still love to keep him in Philadelphia for the season. Daryl Morey, their president, he's got a long history with James Harden. And certainly, I think, if there's a way as the summer goes on to try to convince him that they can still make this work together, that he has a chance to compete for a championship... Uh, They've got a new coach, Nick Nurse, with the Sixers. But at the same time, they are talking to teams. The Clippers remain a team very interested in James Harden. You know, they've been looking for a point guard there the last couple years. Uh, I think those are conversations that will evolve. But you saw with Daryl Morey a couple years ago with Ben Simmons. He slow played it. They were unsuccessful in getting Ben Simmons back into the fold. But they didn't have the relationship with Simmons 
that this group does have, especially Morey has with Harden. I'm big on keeping track of what people say, Myron. Woj told us when this first happened that it's expected that he's not going to play with the Sixers ever again. Now here we sit on July 4, and all of a sudden the Sixers want to bring him back. What do you make of this? What I make of it is you had a guy who went out and tested the market and probably figured, hey, I'm uh, James Harden. Everybody wants James Harden. And then you look around the league and it's like, well, do you want James Harden who turns 34 in August? Do, Do you want James Harden who against the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals had a couple of terrible performances? I mean, his last three games against the Celtics, uh, he goes one for two, zero oh for six, and one for five from the three-point line. That wasn't exactly vintage James Harden. So I think you're wondering if he's the guy who can carry your team or, or even be a very, very strong number two. Now, I think he can still be a very strong number two, but he's not the same player. So staying in Philly, I think, is probably his best chance to win. What I'd be hesitant about if I'm James Harden is if I'm talking to Joel Embiid, and he sounds like a guy who might not be committed long term. Uh, but I, I just think the dominoes haven't worked out in James Harden's favor. And it seems like he's kind of stuck in Philly if the goal is to play for a contender. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're not wrong about Embiid. Earlier this week on ESPN Radio, Keith Pompey joined us. He covers the Sixers for the Philadelphia Inquirer. He said Embiid may not be long for Philly. I think what's going to happen is with, with Joel, you got a new coach now. He's sitting back. He's watching. You know, Nick Nurse is a great coach, so he's going to look at it and see how that goes. But, you know, if it doesn't, I think that this could be the last year that we see um, to see Joel Embiid in a Sixers uniform mm-hmm. just because of you look at him. Joel right now, him and the, um, uh, Nicole Jokic, him and um, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, they're three of the premier players in the league right now. And you look at those two, they won championships. They got multiple MVPs. He got an MVP. But he knows that in order to keep up with these guys, he has to get a title. That's the crux of it for the Sixers, is you've got to figure out what are we getting back for James Harden, and is that going to be enough to keep Joel Embiid happy and want to stay here long term? Yeah, and... You also have to be hesitant on that, right? Because you have to be smart about these decisions because you don't want to mortgage your entire future. 
Joel Embiid could get all the pieces he wants and still might not be happy. He he might still look at Jokic and Giannis and other guys around the league and go, man, I don't have what they have. I got to force a trade like Kevin Durant did. But they were a top 10 offensive and defensive team. I I just think it's hard in that conference because they're not better than Milwaukee. I don't think they're better than Boston. Miami right now is better than Philly. If they add Dame Lillard, they're still better than Philly. Um, and then you got to deal with sort of those uncertain teams, your New York Knicks and squads like that. So where do they come out in, in all of this? So you can add a piece or two, and I still think you're the fourth team in that conference, maybe even the fifth, and that's going to be a concern, I think, if you're Joel Embiid. How could it not be? And I, I just look at it like, how many years can you stay and stick it out? Look at what Damian Lillard is going through right now with Portland, right? We've seen guys in the past like Kevin Garnett say, hey, I wish I got out of Minnesota. Not to not to twist that knife for you, Myron, but Kevin Garnett did yeah. say he wished he left earlier. And I think if, if, you, if Joel Embiid was retired and he was looking back on his career, I think it's way more likely that he would regret not leaving sooner than he would not staying another couple of years. Well, yeah, I mean, but he's he's had some key players to play next to. They've been a playoff team. He was the MVP. You're just not going to be better than Milwaukee. You're just not going to be better than Boston with just the way they play. And you also got to think about those up-and-coming teams. Does Cleveland take the next step? A lot of pieces there with Donovan Mitchell, what they've been able to do around him. We mentioned New York. I think Brooklyn is one of the sleepers, man, in the Eastern Conference with Mikael Bridges and how good he has been. Miami was a play-in team. And now they might add Damian Lillard. So it's just going to be even more competitive. And stats, that's just the Eastern Conference. <laughs> We're not even talking about the Western Conference and what you'd have to do to actually win a championship. I think Embiid is in an era where if you're a superstar in the league, you leave because you have that power, because you can. And if you have the ability to decide where you want to be, why not take advantage of it? So I think that's a big part of the Embiid situation now, too. It's like, listen, guys in your position, this is what they do. You don't want to end your career being the loyal guy who didn't win a title. Go where you need to go to get a championship and worry about the other stuff another time. Yeah, there's no value in being the loyal guy. You don't get anything out of that. Even if you win a championship, your championship doesn't count more than somebody else's. Like Tom Brady's Patriots championships don't count more than his championship with the Buccaneers. That's not how it works. You get one, you get one. So That's why I think all these guys should ask. I think Dame should have asked out sooner. Ask out. You didn't ask to be drafted by these teams. Dame didn't have a choice to go to Portland, and B didn't have a choice to go to Philadelphia. So if you want out, get out. And for the people that criticize them can go fly a kite. Yeah, I mean, especially in this era, James Harden and Kevin Durant and LeBron James and Chris Paul and all of these guys, Anthony Davis, they got out. They demanded a trade. They forced a trade. Now Damian Lillard. And it worked out for most of those guys. Anthony Davis won a championship, right? I mean, he ended up going where he wanted to go. LeBron won another one. Kevin Durant initially won one Golden State. Now he's in Phoenix where he has a chance to be a contender with Bradley Bill, Chris Paul, and I'm not, not sorry, not Chris Paul, uh, Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. So I, I think you have to take advantage of that window. Uh, and if MB demands a trade, much like Dame Lillard, it's not like you can say no if you're the Sixers. You, you got to listen to him because you got to get something in return uh, before he abandons you at the end of his deal. So that's going to be a story to watch for sure. I think you get one. I think fans understand, like, hey, 
you we get it. It didn't work out. You stayed here for a little while. You're getting to the end of your career. You're trying to win a championship. We get why you would want to leave. But if you leave and you get to where you wanted to go, and then you ask out again, like James Harden has, that's when I think fans lose their patience. Can I tell you something about fans? Can I tell you something I've learned about them? Yes. None of them are billionaires. So none of them pay these guys, right? Which is what they're most concerned about. Like, I think the idea of like, oh, no, fans won't like you. In this superstar era, everybody's doing it, right? So I I think the trend is great players try to play with other great players and figure out the fallout from there. I mean, who's dealt with more of that than Kevin Durant? But guess what? He's exactly where he wants to be right now with Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and now Bradley Bill. So I think if you're Embiid and you're the MVP, you got to think long and hard about how long you want to do this. Like, how long do you want to be the loyal guy in the cool city who's going to finish fourth or third (laughs) every year in Eastern Conference, man? Like, that's already gotten old for him, uh, and I think it's something he has to be considering. But that criticism does bother some guys more than other guys. By the way, it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Like, you mentioned Kevin Durant. He's in a Twitter space a couple weeks ago called Kevin Durant is not a top five player. Like, he's clearly bothered by it. Some guys, it does matter, that fan reaction. It matters. To, to guys like that. I mean, he's a different dude, right? I don't, he's a ba- he's probably a bag of bears for any athlete because <laughs> I'm like, when does he have the time to jump on right. Twitter? But he cares more about his two championships that he won with Golden State, right? He cares more uh, about all of the other things that he's been able to achieve. And guess what? When he didn't feel like he was in a good place, he left. And 20 years ago, you couldn't do that. But the fact that you can, all of these guys – are in the same boat because it's like, wait, if Kevin Durant's going to play with Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Bradley Beal, and I'm in B playing with 34-year-old James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, good players, but that's not what those dudes have. The Lakers just got much deeper. Denver is bringing everybody who matters back except Bruce Brown. How do I compete? What if the Clippers get healthy? What if John Morant comes back and a Grizzlies team that's already won a bunch of games without him, what if they're good again? And that's just the West. I got to deal with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Giannis and Chris Middleton coming back. So I think Embiid has to look at the landscape and realize he's not going to win a championship in Philly. Yeah, I said it, Sixers fit. Joel Embiid can't win a championship as a member of the Sixers organization. He's going to have to move to get that done. It doesn't look like it right now, that's for sure. You laid it out. I mean, even with Harden back, where they rank in the Eastern Conference alone would be very, very difficult. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Before we head out, uh, making way for Major League Baseball, we should mention the news of the day. Mike Trout, broken bone in his wrist. He's going to be out four to six weeks or four to eight weeks, but he says that he's going to have surgery and he is going to return this season. I don't think it's going to be enough to save the Angels, and that could mean the end of the Otani era in Los Angeles. Probably means the end, but when? Is it August 1st? Like that, I just, it's hard to imagine somebody putting a package together for Otani and only having them for half the year. Like without some sort of guarantee or, or at least a strong sign that he's staying uh, long term. But you also better have $600 million <laughs> to make that happen as well. So Wait, it's a you, lot in there, man. You don't have $600 million laying around? <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. Like, 
That's a lot of money, man, that he's going to command. You think the Mets do it? You think somebody trades at the deadline for him? I don't know that the Angels will give him up at the deadline because they don't want to be known as the team that gave up Otani. But I think if the Angels fall out of it, Otani's not going to come back there after this season. Yeah. Wow, what a move, man. Terrible news, obviously, for the Angels. Straight ahead, it's Major League Baseball on ESPN Radio with Roxy Bernstein and Tim Kirchin. It's the Braves and the Guardians on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.